Gardening Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hi everyone, you are with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. The team is with us. We have Bev Daring on the phones and John Glidden standing by as well. Big shout out to Chris Bartlett and Mark Carlton. And uh, thanks, Chris, for playing MacArthur's Park. I absolutely love that on the way here. I turn the volume up and I interpret the song to whatever it means to me. I think everyone does that with that, that particular song. And big cheers to our cycling man as well, Jim Crine. And Jim will be back at 10 a.m. And thanking Jim for sitting in the chair last week, uh, which was very, very... Uh, Brave of him to do, I think. It was. He did a great job, right? <laughs> How are you, Faye Curran? I'm very just well. Just a little jungle that you've been sorting out whilst I was oh, whilst just, I was waffling. Just a five minute pick that I did out in the garden. Well, it smells today. great. Anyway, I feel like I'm sitting amongst in the garden. Well, we've got lavender, lavender and all sorts of little yeah, things. If smells... we run out of things to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Okay, fill me in on what's happened in the last week. Wow. Well, we've had some great weather interspersed with rain. Yeah. Uh, the emails have kept coming. There's yeah. more events on the calendar. Yes, yeah, so we're getting... I do do have a bit of a shout out to do. I've just found out that it's Mark Tuchek's birthday today. Is it? So uh, happy birthday to Mark. Happy Hope you're birthday. having a great day. At last I saw he was uh, tripping away in the northwest. He's a busy man, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, he wears a lot of hats, that boy. So, oh, he no, sure does. Big, big, big happy birthday to Mark. We love him. I was only thinking about him the other day too. He's such a he's such a lovely man. He amongst, is amongst Ray. everything else. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, we no. certainly. Um, have a lot of guests that we need to get back on our show in the yeah. coming times but it's such a busy busy time like it's spring's only We're, a few days away yeah, exactly. the weather's already turned a little bit of a corner it has and that that shows in the garden you can just see slight subtle changes here and there even the grass is growing a little bit more you know after it's mowing i think okay there's just something there and oh, uh, not in jandicott it's not no well <laughs> still you, being cold yeah, you have a, an interesting uh, climate just in your we sure do. part of the world, don't you? Mm. All right, and also our show today, great guest lined up, Kieran Kelly. We are talking about the Open Gardens West Coast scheme uh, that is launching uh, in the coming week, and we'll talk about what people can look forward to, what's coming up in the next few months. So uh, that, that is a great time of the year for us to uh, get around, have a look at all the gardens, get inspiration, ideas, get out there amongst it. And uh, it's it's just a wonderful time of the year, something to be part of. Uh, Nellie Tarchuk is joining us in the studios. We're talking frangipanis as mm. well as summer bulbs and uh, some great tips for September garden, gardening and fertilisers and the difference of those fertilisers. So we're covering off uh, some uh, great subjects with Nellie and we enjoyed having her in 
recently, didn't we? It was not that recently. I think it but was, was it last around year? February. It was oh, summer, see, I, summertime when yeah. when the French panties were Flowering. in full swing, and yeah. we knew we'd have to get it back because. For a lot of people, the fringe panties would have lost all their leaves and we want to kick them on. We want to get the best out of them. We don't want people ringing in three months' time saying, oh, my fringe panties not flowering. And yeah. we say, well, what did you do? So yeah. now's Start the time. Now. Get ready. Yeah, quite right. And also a great interview coming up at five past nine with senior plant breeder at Kings Park and Botanic Gardens, Digby Groans. So we're talking grevilleas today and also the Kings Park Breeding Program and uh, where you can view them and what is available. Of course, they have a wonderful festival about to launch uh, coming very soon. So it, uh, I haven't been up to Kings Park. I will get up there, however. Oh, it, it was looking good when I was up there hunting fungi a few weeks ago. Okay. Just, yeah. yeah, the flowers are coming out. The birds were everywhere. Yeah, it's just so it's a magical it's time of the and, year. And there's so many facets to Kings Park. You can mm. have a nature walk in natural bush. Uh, you can have a cup of coffee overlooking yeah. our magnificent city. We are so lucky to have one of the world's best botanic gardens right on the doorstep. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Mm. I mean, it's um, it's. I think it's the biggest, you know, feather in our cap, don't you? Well, it's certainly one of them, it's and the fact ours. that we can actually in, enjoy them, whereas a lot of places around the world are still tied up and we're living relatively lockdown. normally right mm. fingers crossed it stays that way I'm, I'm pretty sure it will with our premier i like i like his style when it comes to how he manages uh the covid factor because it's proven that it's the only way that you can manage it in inverted commas until we're all vaccinated okay now you might like to email us this morning gardening at curtainfm.com.au and the phone number is 94841927 if you'd like to ring in with your gardening question, query, story. I have my $75 gift voucher to give away to for bigger trees and uh, we'll be doing that sometime this morning. That's always very popular, eh? Right? And the I reports that so. we're getting back about the nursery and how fantastic it looks. It's and sensational. You've got to get well. up there and have a look one day. Oh, I do. It's so hard. I, I just really need another day. It's not day that far, actually. You, know, you jumped in the car now, you'd be there in 20 minutes. Yeah, but yeah. it's because I have to go the other way. I know. <laughs> we always have to. I always and, have to go the other way. And look way. at this stuff, Ray. You know, all this stuff that mm. I've brought in, all these cuttings. Yes. There's a story behind, behind each, each and of every them. one of and, them. And uh, what to do in the garden now. Yeah. So, all right. Will I kick off? Go on then. Okay, let's get stuck into it. Well, right now, the... I've seen this week, there are a lot of butterflies out flying around. Mm. Now, one of the best things to have in your garden, if you want to attract butterflies, is landing pads for them. Yes, Flowers platforms. that open up and allow the, the butterflies to uh, rest while they're taking the nectar. So the butterflies have a big proboscis that they put into the flower and in a daisy flower, you have multiple little flowers in the centre. This is what makes up the inflorescence. So a butterfly lands there and it puts its little drinking straw into all the different flowers and sucks up the nectar. So daisies are a, a fantastic flower for butterflies. Yeah. Uh, I guess one of the, the downsides might be the caterpillars. And I was asked last mm. night, why caterpillars don't eat weeds. They seem to eat all these other plants. Well, many of the caterpillars that we have here are introduced 
as are many of the plants. So you, you don't find these problems in our bushland. No. Many of the butterflies have a specific food plant mm. and they're probably a bit smart to think, oh, well, we're not going to destroy the whole food plant because we want to leave something for everyone else. So they will eat the leaves, but only while they're completing their life cycle and they don't eradicate them. So mm. we don't get calls about caterpillars eating that native plants, do yeah. we? No, we don't. Mm. No, so another thing that you can do, of course, is uh, mix up your planting so that you haven't got this monoculture, which mm. actually a lot of people will do the opposite in their vegetable gardens. They'll plant a row of lettuce or they'll plant a row of cabbages or cauliflower. And, and of course, the white cabbage moth, which is actually a butterfly, flies in, lays its eggs because it's got a whole paddock mm. of greens to eat. Mm. So mix it up add some nasturtiums, add some other flowering plants that will bring in the good guys and the predators. And the nasturtiums do that? They're, they're considered a trap plant and they will keep the the white butterflies away from your vegetables. Okay. It, it sort of confuses them a bit. Because okay. you just imagine a, a plane coming into land. It wants an area that's all green and grass. Mm. If you mix it all up with trees not and sure all where different things, it, mm. gets, it gets confused. It yeah, bolts is landing. Only thing with nasturtium, it spreads, right? But not in summer. Okay. It'll die down. So mm. it's um, a considered some sort of weed, but it's got so many benefits. benefits. And a packet of seeds for like $3 will give you this living mulch. And this is mm. what I've talked about as a way to suppress weeds. Let's mm. grow something... That is a living mulch. Hmm. And I did it in my garden. Well, I did it um, when my previous garden. Yeah. That's how I did it. I didn't. I couldn't mulch because I had. it was completely planted out. Exactly. But I didn't have so many problems. Yeah. No. Hmm. Well, two years ago, I had a mass of nasturtiums. Hmm. So I pulled them up when they die down at uh, springtime going into summer. Uh, this year, I actually just haven't had many weeds. I've done... I think I've weeded out five garden beds this mm, week mm. and the winter weeds are coming to an end. They're, they're getting up there, they're seeding. Try and pull them out before they seed. Mm. So one year's seeds is like 100 years weeds. And what does a weed look like when it's seeding or seeded or before it seeds? It will get tall. Yeah. So we've had rain and then we had all that sunshine. Yeah, and so great recipe, it's, right? It's the way <laughs> a plant says, okay, I want to produce Mm. Uh, more of my offspring for next season. Mm. So we're going to flower. Mm. So it'll bolt mm. like like some other things. So that's one of that the signs, term. yeah. Yes, bolt, it'll it really get very quickly. tall. Mm -hmm. And then what happened, we, we had the sunshine and then we had more rain again. Mm. So whoosh, you, mm. you either have a second crop or they just get bigger and more well-fed. So don't leave them on the ground when it's moist because they just turn Do it over, again. put their roots down and up go they go. So mm. drop them into a bucket, fill it up with water. You can make some weed tea. Mm. Uh, once that's died down, you can throw it into your compost or, or your worm farm. So you're adding back nutrients, your nutrient recycling. Mm. So it's interesting that when you make a weed tea from the, the culprit that you don't want in your garden and yet you can use all his goodies into a tea and put that on your garden and it's okay. Exactly. And mm. when we talked to Kate Wall uh, two or three weeks ago, 
she talked about the uses of weed. It's only a weed because you don't want it. I don't like the wild oats and the belt grass. They smother well, other no, things. Well, no, I can't but imagine anyone does. Mm. The, these osteospermum daisies are also considered a weed. They grow as a weed, yeah. But they have a benefit. Yeah. And so I would rather have these Dealing than with wild, that. wild oats. Okay. But once you weed, put down a layer of mulch. Yeah. Don't mulch your whole garden from every everywhere you don't want wall-to-wall just mulch. that just those sections that you've yeah, been working on and it, on. it buys mm. you time it um takes the light creates away. that nice mm. environment for the microorganisms in the soil mm. it'll help hold in the moisture and so going into summer if you've got a layer of mulch on you won't get so many summer weeds mm. only water where your plants are many Retic systems are set water up to, everywhere. to water everywhere. So of you can course. have water going over your pathways mm. and your crabgrass will go ballistic. Mm. Mm. Smother it. Mm. Crabgrass hates uh, mulch. Okay. Very Should I good. keep going? Uh, well, you may as well because okay. uh, no one wants to chat with us this morning. <gasps> wow. If you do, 94841927. So this little Dracaena came yeah. from my friend Sharon. I and went... I like the variegation on that. Mm. Well, I went and had my hair cut, and then of course we had to do the garden tour. And I said, "Oh, is wow. that why you've got this? Was your hair just done on that new photo you put it up? It was. On? Yeah. yeah, it looked great. Oh, thanks, Ray. Yeah, it's all just back to normal now. But no, but you've got yeah. it. Looked lovely. It's manageable. Thank you. So this Dracaena in Sharon's garden is like two meters tall, and it it's just beautiful. It's uh, variegated, and it's a small style Dracaena. It. Yeah, it's different. I'm not sure of the name of it yet. I will mm. get on to that. Mm. Uh, now, we've got the Ruscus, also yes. known as American asparagus. It's edible. It's a fantastic foliage plant that can be used in floristry, added to flower arrangements. These leaves are not leaves. They're actually modified uh, modified performing the function of a leaf. But they yeah. look like they leaves, look, they don't certainly they? look like a leaf. And yes. look, some of those have got little tiny flowers coming out mm. and every now and then one will develop a red berry that will hang either under or over the leaf. Like a little so jewel. They're just And they're how do you eat those? Well, I don't eat them. I just, I grow them. And it grows, it likes shade. Yes, mm. it is a shade plant. It grows from a rhizome. So, so those leaves are not leaves that I'm looking no, at? No, they're not leaves. Okay. They trickery. form the function of a leaf. Uh -huh. They're called a cladode. Right. It takes me back to my studying horticulture yeah. days. Yeah, it's hard to know the difference, isn't it? Well, you, you just mm. wouldn't. Mm. It's, it's a bit like our English language. Mm. Oh, my goodness. So many variations. Yes. Of course, what else is happening in the garden? Bulbs. There's... A yeah. range of bulbs out there looking fantastic. Should we have already got our bulbs in for spring? Yes, yeah. you should have. Mm. Did you? Nope. Okay. We'll do it now. No, well, I've actually, I actually have bulbs that you gave me that have, are coming up. Yep. So they're just, they were dormant and they're doing their own thing. So I do have them. I obviously don't have any in the ground. I keep my bulbs in pots, but I do have, I was thinking about something driving here and thinking, damn, I meant to put that in the ground this week, you know. So, um, but yes, I think well, for your you, spring displays. Well, even for the health of the bulb. Yeah. So someone on Facebook this week was given 50 daffodil bulbs. What do they do with them? Mm. Well, you know, they should have been planted like in March. 
after maybe a spell in the fridge, in the crisper. Mm. Um, but don't just leave them because they will possibly wither. Uh, if they're yeah. in a, a bag with moisture, they'll mm. get mouldy. Get some potting mix, put them in a pot, water them, let them do their thing and feed them when they're dying down mm. and then get ready again for next year. Mm. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right, look, we'll go to a break. And when we return, we're going to be chatting with Kieran Kelly from the Open Gardens West Coast. You are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. We're going to go directly out to the lines and speak to Kieran Kelly about the launch of the Open Garden Season 2021. We made it. How are you, Kieran? Very good, Ray. How are you? Ah, going going well. We're excited. This is a really lovely time of the year. A lot to look oh, forward sure. to. Yes, it's uh, spring, so um, fabulous. Everyone's getting out and about. And yes. I mean, last week the weather was pretty good, really, and uh, I think this will be the end of our rains, and then we'll be right into the gardening season. Oh, I reckon we're in right into the gardening season all year all, round. All year Kieran. round, yeah, I agree. Espe- <laughs> especially for those people who are mm. on your calendar. Well, that's right. And how are you, Faye, this morning? I'm, I'm good, thanks, Kieran. Raring that's to go good. and just can't wait to hear about all the events you've got lined up, kicking yeah. off with this Friday. Well, we, yeah, next Friday, Faye, we're kicking off with our um, season launch, um, something that we probably, you know, we really haven't done in a big way before. But um, this season, we thought we'll um, kick it off with a, with a members' event and the season launch where we can explain to our members um, what's going on in open gardens for this season. Wow. So how many uh, garden owners have you got that have put their hand up and said, yes, they're they're prepared to open their garden? Because it's a big task. Yeah. It is a big task, Faye. And look, we've got, um, at the moment, we've got um, basically got September, we've got all of October filled. And then we go into um, a couple in November um, up to the Christmas season. So I think uh, taking my shoes and socks off and counting. <laughs> what? It'll be probably, oh, take a guess on this without doing too much of the homework, but it's probably about 10, 10 so gardens that we've got open. Wow. But people can view that on our website too. Say so They can go on to there and, and, and have a look at the calendar events. Great idea. So give, it, give us your website while you're chatting, Kieran. Yeah, the website's Open Gardens West Coast. Open Gardens West Coast, that's easy. Yeah. That's quite an easy one. That's what we call ourselves. And that's what the, uh, the website, and we also have that on uh, Facebook and on Instagram. Yeah, so people can get on there and have a look at the itinerary of what's coming up. And tell yeah, us. Yeah, right. And look, we've got the season launch. And then on the Saturday, uh, we're sort of, uh, well, Mushay Tree Farm have got a, an open day. So we've hopped on the back of that. A little bit with mm. um, getting a uh, for our members a, a bit of a tour mm. of the nursery, but that's open to the public as an open day for Mushay and Natalie Natalie Valance up there has done a fantastic job at her nursery, and there is just a, a gold coin donation. Wow, to, that's you'll be able to walk around the um, the production nursery for those out there who want to see how um, production nurseries work. Wow, what a great initiative! Now, Kieran, tell us about the members' events and who how people get involved as being a member. Right. <clears throat> so as a member, it's very simple, actually. All you need to do is go to the website and join as a member. So our group, um, uh, we we try to have a number of members' events. So these member events, as it sounds, are open to members only. So what we're trying to do is giving our, give our members something a little bit special. Um, 
and uh, we try to organise uh, a number of events during the season. Yeah. Now, they could be small open gardens where people don't want to have um, yeah. hundreds of people tramping through their garden, mm-hmm. um, and we can open some of the smaller gardens around and, and invite our members. We do have one right at the very end um, of November, the November the 21, uh, which is uh, Ross Burnett's um, garden, um, which those who watch um, Gardening Australia may have seen it a few months ago. Ross has got a uh, sustainable garden just up in the hills. So oh, yes. open for a couple of days um, and that will be limited numbers on each of the sessions. So we'll have four sessions there where, where we'll walk around and have a look at Ross's garden. So um, really nice garden, uh, well worth having a look. But, uh, yeah, we've just put that down to a members' event only. Mm. Fantastic. Well, as you know, we like to preview the gardens or preview the owners of the gardens uh, on the weekend that their garden is going to be open or the week prior uh, because it's a little bit of a teaser, isn't it, uh, of what you can expect? It is, right. And, look, if they go onto our website, it's a very easy website to follow. You can um, bring up the current season. You can just push on the event that you want to go to. It'll give you a little bit more information about that. So our first open garden is uh, on September the 18th and that's Annie Hill's um, garden so Annie's got a, um, a about an acre and it is sort of based on loosely based on King's Park so a very Whoa, okay. and at this time of year no doubt uh, as everyone knows there'll be flowers in the air certainly oh, they will that okay. sounds like something looking forward to yeah, yeah, and then then after that, um, we've got another one in Kalamunda, and then we get into October where we're open every week, but without going through all of them just yeah, now. But sure. people certainly do go onto the website, and um, and they can follow follow the prompts through there. And I'm sure they'll be amazed of the gardens that we do have around Perth. Now, saying all that, we all know that we've got to be um, a little bit wary of things that are floating around in the community. Yeah. Luckily, not in Perth at the moment, but. I, I would advise people just to keep an eye on the website just in case there are things that pop up For that sure. are out of our control mm. um, and keep keep abreast of what's happening. Your fingers crossed everything goes to plan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and people really enjoy getting out and having a look at the garden. They do, yeah. Time's yeah. gone past where you haven't been able to move too far, but the mm. joy of a garden is... Um, uh, well, brings a lot of joy to a lot of people. And does. the whole idea of open gardens is that people can actually see what other people are growing around, either in the suburb next to them or just up the road, um, as opposed to looking at uh, all the wonderful garden books we have. Sometimes we can't grow a lot of those plants. So when you see something growing in your area, you've probably got a fairly a good, good chance that it might grow for you. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And it's also uh, little ideas that people have in their gardens. We all like that little quirky bit of garden sculpture or garden seating area so you can see what other people are doing and um, I'm sure most people would come away inspired after visiting someone else's garden. Well, you know, well, I, I can't come home after being to an open yeah. garden without a new idea. Yeah. And an, yeah. another thing that I really love about them is catching up with people. Yeah, you, the social you see aspect. The yes. same sort of faces and you get mm. to talk to people who you didn't know. And, and there's always the, the, the yummy uh, t- <laughs> morning and afternoon teas, aren't yeah. there? I mean, extraordinary. A lot yeah. of it's all home-baked and it's just uh, the lovely atmosphere and you can sit down and have a cuppa and a and a lovely little cake or something. It's well, just even on, on a really rainy day where the weather's horrible, I think, okay, let's just 
lift our spirits and get out and go and have a look at these gardens because yeah. the owners have worked have put very, in very hard. an extraordinary mm. amount of work mm. and it's the least we can do the to least. support them. I agree. Yeah, so we're, oh, we're the number one fans, as you would have gathered, Kieran. <laughs> I know that. I know that. And, um, look, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. All, all of the above is what, what goes on in the open gardens. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's just a, you know, a good way to get out and, as you said, get out to meet people. And, you know, our motto is, is bringing people and gardens together, and that's what we, we aim to do. Well, okay. we, we look forward to seeing you on Friday. I will do, Faye, and um, hopefully the launch will all go very smoothly and uh, all the people who enjoy it and um, and support us and just just for those who don't know open gardens is a <clears throat> non-for-profit organization and the gardeners uh, the garden owners um, majority of the times um, will be open for a charity exactly which, um, yep. so monies will go to the charities and that's yep. that's what we're all about yep oh fantastic thank you Love very it. much for the update Kieran thanks very much Faye all thanks right. Ray. We'll, so, see we'll see you, you soon see you Friday yes. Okay, bye. Cheers for that. Happy happy gardening. (laughs) You too, bye. Now, Ray, can Mm. I just say, I just want to slip it in here. I said I had a couple of shout-outs to do. The other shout-out is for the uh, supporters at the East Frio Footy Club where I was last night. Yes. And the launch launch goes till 4 o'clock on Friday and Hey Hey It's Saturday kicks off around 5 o'clock. And they keep asking me, when they're going to meet you. So I'm just going to put it out there. They've all now heard it. Uh-huh. I'm not keeping it to myself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yes. so I, I get lots of questions about gardening on Friday nights. Yeah, There's yeah. no rest for the wicked. Never. Yes, no, I will get there. I will get there. It's all, for me, it's all time. All right, let's head to Nangara. Angie, good morning. Oh, good morning, Fane Ray. It's, um, I want to ask you, uh, I've got quite a bit of ashes in the because we did some piles of burning. Can you tell me, yeah, I know that it's it's pretty good for the gardening, but um, do I have to dissolve it in water and water it, or do I have to sprinkle it all over the place? Well, it's probably easy if you just sprinkle it, Angie, and yeah. you, you, you can certainly do that. It does benefit the garden. Or do you do composting? No. Okay. <laughs> I, all I was going to say is, um, I guess if you've, you're doing burning, you've probably got a little bit of extra land and having yes. a compost pile where all the, the garden waste can go into to break down, oh. then ash can be worked into that and turned over to make a better blend of compost. Mm-hmm. But yes, you can just spread it around your garden. And even is if it there's... Right for fruit trees and Oh, flowers? yes, yes. yes. Ultimately, okay. you're adding potash. Potash, yeah. Mm. And is a potash for flowers that makes them flower, uh, flower more or yes. better? Or? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, yeah. It's, qu- oh, it's okay. quite interesting because uh, it can create a very alkaline environment. But oh, I, yeah. I did do a trial once where I actually filled up a raised bed and added mm. Quite quite a bit of ash and charcoal from my burn off mm. pile. Mm. Oh! And when I tested it, it was off the scale alkaline. And I thought, oh. crikey, you know, nothing's going to grow in here. This just—if you read the books, uh, you wouldn't plant anything into an alkaline. alkaline soil of eight to nine. Anyway, I planted the potatoes, and they grew. They and grew. It, it was only a few weeks ago that oh. we we learnt about how. 
micro the microbiology in the soil can change the environment around the root zones to what it needs oh. to get what it wants. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. you know, just maybe. Manipulative little devils. Yeah, <laughs> when you think you know, uh, mm. there's a lot of ways of getting to the same end result. And yeah. So um, if it's alkaline, like it's not good to wear this azalea for me to put it um, ashes. If you only do a little bit, it actually won't be fine. And that would be the benefit of adding it into compost. So you, okay, it is yeah, breaking yeah. down. It mm-hmm. takes a, a very high concentration of anything alkaline to mm. change the pH of a soil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. So, yes, I, yeah. I would sprinkle it everywhere. And your azaleas are probably mulch. So a little bit of ash on the top of that will it work its matter. way through and be mm. fine. Okay. Um, there was another question I want to ask. I've got mango trees as well. Um, the last two, three years, I didn't get hardly got any mangoes at all, probably one or two I got last year. Um, they flower very, very nicely. But I find that after a while, and I've been told to spray them, the flowers, with um, copper oxychloride and a bit of mango seb. Um, but I can't seem to still get any mangoes the flowers got black like now there's a lot of flowers that they just they just look dead is it because of the cold or i don't know that i would be actually spraying the flowers uh no no. um i will i will check that but i don't know that that's a good idea um Mm. often the copper sprays would be sprayed or used on trees at bud swell, not after they open. So I th- oh. it's, it's possible. I will check into it. Um, but certainly around the roots over the foliage. And the other thing you could do is give the tree a cut back mm. so that it's not trying to support as much so you reduce the number of flowers but what okay. you need is pollination and fruit set so ensuring that you have given given your plant complete food and i think chris yeah, oliver I use the, I use the um uh, echo prime what is it echo okay prime? Yes, yes yes so and that's probably designed for flowering and fruiting plants mm. If, if that's correct. Uh, yeah. You could also use a, an organic fertiliser uh, or a probiotic, a pelletised mix that, that breaks down into the soil as well as a mulch. Yeah. You yeah. can use rock dust that will help with the trace elements uh, and even a liquid, a uh, liquid one. For, mm. for flowering and fruiting plants when they're budding. That would help yeah. too. Oh, okay. Good luck with that, Angie. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Cheers for Bye. now. Bye. And we got a nice email this morning that came through, and I'll quickly read it because it's not long. And it says, I have a Sunshine Special Passion Fruit, which is only in its second season and has 
fruited prolifically. Uh, my brother Vic decided that he was also going to plant one. Your show last week spurred him on to get one, and also he took your advice to plant a liver under it. Oh, wow. I just had to <laughs> share the photo he sent me. He's got the thumbs up, he's on his knees, he's planting his baby into the ground. And uh, this is from Amanda, and she said, loves your show. So we love we love emails like that. We, we get it. It puts a smile on our face. We have a giggle. Yeah. Well, and they're easy too. I don't yeah. have to think about what I'm going to say to answer other than, yes, thank you, Amanda. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's good to know that people are listening yes. and um, taking some of the uh, advice on board and having good and results. And actually putting it into action. Mm. So coming up soon, Nellie Tuchik from West Coast Frangipanis is going to be joining us in the studio. Just quickly, did you want to cover anything before we go to a break well got a I've, couple of minutes we have we have got some emails yeah. uh jess has sent in one about frangipani pods so we're going Wait, to get to that, that yeah. with nelly she's going to talk about propagating uh one from bev and she she was listening to the show last week she has an apricot tree which has started flowering when do we spray for fruit fly well uh Let's come back to that. Also, a nectarine tree, which is doing nothing at the moment, when would we spray it? What would you spray it with? For the last few years, the apricot tree leaves appear to be curling and have holes on them. All the fruit falls off before we try and get to them. So typically, that could could be the fruit fly problem. And what I would be doing, my apricot is flowering now. So it's not too late to cut it back. If you Mm. cut it back after it's flowering, you can see where the fruit may form. If you cut it back and cut off removing some of those flowers, you will get bigger fruit, Mm -hmm. easier to manage. By pruning now, you can bring down the size of the tree so you can get a net on it. Mm. And you want a fruit fly net. This is really, really important. Mm. If you've lost all your fruit to fruit fly, then... You, you do need to think about cutting it back and, and covering it. Also, now is a good time to start putting out your baits. And I wouldn't just put them in the tree itself because you don't want to lure the fruit fly to the apricot tree. They no. might get halfway and go, oh, there's a nice apricot here. So hang them around in other trees that are close by as well. Mm. As far as the nectarine and leaf curl, copper sprays are used when there's no leaves on the tree and which is often when you prune a lot of those trees in winter time also spray again at bud swell so that's before the flowers open up but Mm. when they're swelling Mm -hmm. and the copper sprays uh, are a fungicide but they will also help with diseases Mm. absolutely i've sprayed my i I have an ornamental peach and Mm. i've already given him a spray and i'm just watching him at the moment for the Mm. buds and uh, he'll be getting another Remembering, though, that using a fungal spray like copper will affect any fungal, good fungi in the soil as well. So, so what do you do? there's a flip what side. Do do? Well, we've I don't, got the I know lactobacillus this serum. Hey, yeah, the, I know this particular tree. Mm. The very first season I had it uh, had leaf curl because yeah, mm. I hadn't sprayed it. So yeah. it's very susceptible. So last year I did spray it and I had success. So I think sometimes when we're growing exotics, you know, mm. they're, they're not native, 
then we're dealing with a a different range of characteristics Mm. than what belongs in our environment. You know, our soils, what's floating around in the air Mm. will be impacted. So if it's in a pot and you you want your perfect leaves, Mm. uh, then you will do what is known to counter those problems. Mm. And everyone will have to decide what sort of gardener they're they're going to be mm. and sometimes we get lazy and we don't do it and that's okay too mm. so you know mm. it's not going to be one size fits all which makes my job hard here yeah because I have my opinion and what works for me mm. but that might not be the same end result that the person over the counter here mm. wants so mm. yeah mm. just yeah, mm. stand your ground. Uh, learn certain, from for everyone things, else. Horses for courses. Go, yeah, go I don't, I don't have a, a, a one-size-fits-all approach. No. Individual things require certain yeah. treatment that I will administer if I want my tree to look look. And correct. we visit open gardens. We find out what other people do. Mm. We talk to our friends. Mm. We, we weigh up what works Pros for us. Pros and cons. Yeah. yeah, very good. Okay, when we return, Nellie Tarchuk from West Coast Frangies will be with us. Radio. You are listening to Let's Talk Gardening with Ryan Fay and special guest, as we mentioned a moment ago, Nellie Tarchuk is in the studio with us from West Coast Frangipanis. And you smell great, whatever oh, perfume you. you're wearing. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. You, you, you could make your own essence from all those gorgeous frangies. I will think of it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, there's another business uh, adventure for you. Yep, yes, absolutely. No, thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. What have you been up to? Since we last had you on air, we were trying to work out, was that February of this year? It was was summer. Yeah, it was summer. Yeah. Mm. Thanks for inviting me again. It's been a busy time, even though it's winter. Not much happening with French Japanese, but I never waste my time. So I've been studying and I became qualified horticulturist. Good girl. Been invited to another place to work as qualified horticulturist. It's another step. Yes. Uh, Yeah, new responsibilities. Very exciting and... I love it, love what I'm doing and looking forward to spring and summer. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're your special times, aren't they, certainly, yeah. with uh, with what you do with your very exotic frangipanis. Yeah. I've seen you have the most amazing uh, array, if you like, of colours and varieties. Thank you. Can't wait to see them again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're exactly. having their beauty sleep now. Yes, so. they are having their beauty sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when, when would the first frangipanis start to flower? Roughly you know what, what month? I already spotted some inflows. You're joking? You no, know, I'm serious. Oh you know, my. I'm walking around every single morning and I'm talking to them and I'm oh looking yeah. at them and I couldn't believe my eyes. Yes, it's not last year inflow, it's a new inflow. And quite a few plants already waking up and they feel like they're quite ready. But I looked at the weather and unfortunately <laughs> it's going to be really cold by the end of next week. So, well, they're ready to wake up, but weather is not really... Not kind no, as yet. It's not really ready yet. Mm. So, yeah. Nelly, how can we push them on? Oh, it depends on the weather, it's unfortunately. All, yeah. yeah, they're so ready, but we need to wait until it's really warm. And then we can start fertilizing them and pruning if we want to shape them and... Yeah. So, so, yeah, because I'm looking at our forecast, yeah, we actually start dropping down in our temperature from Thursday. We're dropping down to 15 and uh, 16, and so like that's a little cool, three, isn't four it? four degrees in the morning. I couldn't believe four. that. Yeah, yeah, on oh, Friday. That's unreal. That'd be colder in Jandicott. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's worse in Jandicott. 
Yeah. You girls can't, can't complain. Unbelievable. I felt like we already made it through winter, but it looks like we're not quite yet. That's no, I reckon you have, a, you have another month or so. Mm. But that's why they call it spring, because it bounces around. Yeah. bounces around. Just using us. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. So, Nellie, Jess has sent us an email, and her mother-in-law has frangipani that she's had for many years, and uh, this year it's produced some what look like pods and she wants to know because she's never seen them before why have they appeared this year how how can she propagate from them and yeah what what do you do that's wonderful it it is a seed pod and it doesn't happen often that's why i feel like you're so lucky and actually i'm feeling very lucky this year as well because i spotted quite a few on my trees and normally it doesn't happen easily naturally because bees are not pollinating frangipanis and it's only a few kind of moth that pollinating them so probably this year you've been lucky you got some moth in your garden the right ones and you got some seed pods so you need to wait for about nine months until the seed pod will get mature and to make sure that you don't lose your seed put some extraction bag or some mesh around it so when it splits open you don't lose your seeds it will catch it and then you can grow your very own french bunny seedlings so that's about it for now nine months is a long time i had one and i I removed mine after about five no and seeds won't be viable yet i ruined it yeah Mm. you will know when it's ready because it will change the color and it will be dry and it will split open Mm. so you have to wait until then yeah. 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 So, so don't da- pick them when they're green. No. Folks. No. Mine was mine was bl- a dark color. Black. Yeah, it should be black, but still it has become really dry and split open yeah, naturally. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually cut it open live. On we did. <laughs> we decided. Yeah, we did an autopsy. And it was it was milky and and yeah. moist. It wasn't mm, dry. So if you if you're going to um, bag it, yeah. Something not so much a plastic bag because no, no, no. that will have to moisture. Some, no, it has to breathe, so it has to be like I'm using specific extraction bags. I buy them from eBay, oh, and they're just perfect. You tie around it, and it's um, it gives still light and air to come perfect. through. Yeah, so perfect. it's breathing and it's still getting sun and it's ripening really well. So I think they're quite good. Mm. Yeah. Great and then tip. how do you propagate them? So people who've who've saved their seeds, they're waiting for the right time. It is still cold. Can they do it now or do they need well, to wait I, a little bit? I propagate seeds all year round, but probably for someone who is not very experienced yet, it's better to wait until spring on su- or summer until it gets a bit warmer. It increases increase your chances for How successful. big are the seeds? Yeah, how big are, are they? They're quite tiny. They're about, they? well, um, one, two centimeters long. Okay. And they have like little tails mm-hmm. at the end of it. So when you get your seeds, there are quite a few methods how you can propagate them. And it so depends on the person. Everyone is choosing their own. You know, you just try all of them and see how you go and what works the best for you. You can use like floating method. You take a piece of foam and you cut it through, poke the hole and stick your seeds in there with your tail up and you just float them in the water. Mm. If it's summertime, it's like in three, four days, you can see tiny roots coming out already. And then you can plant them. Or you can plant them even straight away if it's summertime in a um, mixture of koya and potting mix. With the tail well, up. With the tail up, always. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, tail up. Or the way that works best for me, I don't know, for some reason, it, I find it 
easiest and the most successful way for me. I'm using wet paper towel method. You just get um, kitchen towel. Yes. Yeah, and you make it damp. But the most important thing to get the right amount of moisture in that towel, because if it's too wet, your seed's going to rot and mm. they will get moldy and that's it, mm. you lose them. So it has to be slightly damp, but not wet. And then you create like kind of layers with this kitchen towel, put your seeds between them, but don't overcrowd it. Just lay them evenly mm. and then stick it in the Ziploc bag and in the other clear container. And I reckon yeah. a good use for old Tupperware. Yep, mm. that's what I'm doing. I'm never <laughs> checking my strawberry containers away. I'm always using them to germinate my seeds. And then I actually plant my seedlings in there first because they're clear and they have holes in the bottom. You can see the roots. Mm. You can see how they're developing, how they grow. And you can see when it's the right time to repot them actually into individual containers. Excellent. So I don't know. I just like this uh, kitchen towel method the best. Wow. But you can use whatever you like or you can just plant them straight away. Okay, thank you for that. All right, 94841927. We shall be back in a moment. Curtain Radio. Eight minutes to nine, and we will be going to the news at nine o'clock. And at 10 o'clock, Jim Crinan will be joining you with the classic. 70s. Now, I have a $75 gift voucher to give away. Compliments of Kerry Spriggs from the fabulous Bigger Trees up there in Pickering Brook. Now, you do need to have your curtain membership number ready and not to have won a prize on the station in the last 28 days. Now, of course, as you know, Bigger Trees, uh, one of our leading providers of frangipanis, which we're talking about today, ornamentals and fruit trees. Now, here is your question and you can give Bev, Bev a call. It's a two-pronged question. We thank John for that because he likes to make you earn your Wheaties, earn your $75 gift voucher. Which tree do we get cork from? And which part of the tree do we use? So which tree do we actually get cork from and which part of the tree do we use? So hop to it, 94841927, and you could be receiving a $75 gift voucher, compliments of bigger trees, in the mail next week. I will leave leave that there and I'll let you carry on. Right. Well, Ray, we have an announcement to make. The Armadale branch of the Wildflower Society are celebrating their 60th anniversary, which is pretty fantastic. So from Friday the 10th of September to Sunday the 12th, the Society will be celebrating with an exhibition of wildflowers, botanical art, photography, entertainment, talks, walks and guided tours to local Mm. reserve. The new Kim Fletcher Gallery... Local artists and photographers will be displaying their skills. The CWA are providing refreshments in the lesser hall of the Bedford Bedfordale CWA. Uh, a local has been a multiple winner in the Australian Ban- Banjo Championships, will be providing entertainment. <laughs> That'll be great. There yeah. is a concert on the Saturday night from 7.30 to 9 o'clock in the Armadale District Hall. Uh, guided bus trips to wildflower rambles. Now, all this information, well, is which there is an enormous amount, and you will yeah. need to book, is available by going to the website wildflowersarmadale.org.au. So 
congratulations to the Armadale branch. 60 years is pretty phenomenal, isn't fabulous, it? Fabulous, fabulous. Very, very good. So that's a date for your diaries. Absolutely. Kicking off on the 10th of September. It's all happening with spring just yes, a few days yes, away, isn't yes. it? It all coincides. Mm. And, uh, okay, we already have a winner, guys. We already have a winner for the gift voucher from Bigger Trees. So thank you for playing with us. I can see all the uh, switchboard has lit up. And uh, so we know that there are a few people out there, Faye. Uh, but however, the, the, pri the prize has been won. Thank you for playing. And I'll give you the answer to that and the winner's name in a moment. Okie doke. Now, Alex has just sent in an email and says, love your show. I have a tamarillo that's been in the ground for about four years and is two metres tall. It flowers well, but fruit never forms. Always looks a bit spin spindly like in the photo, but comes better in summer. Any tips on getting fruit on a tamarillo, Nelly? I was just wondering if it's getting enough of sun, first of all. Mm. If it's spindly, yeah, if it it's might spindly, be growing to yeah, the light. Looking for sun, maybe just not getting enough of sunlight. Just curious about location and... Then another question about fertilizing. What sort of fertilizer are you using? It looks like it's getting lots of nitrogen, but maybe not enough of potassium. So maybe just need to know really what are you feeding it with? And maybe looking at your pollinators, it looks like you've got some bees since you're getting flowers, but mm. maybe, well, there are a few things to look at. I just wish we can talk and ask well, more questions. It is at this time of year, uh, the same sort of questions are coming through. People don't always understand about fertilisers, do they? Like how... How to use them. Yeah, when to apply mm -hmm. them. How what much? is a good fertiliser? Mm -hmm. uh, and you've got your choices. You, you've got your chemicals, your granules and your liquids. Uh, you've got your organic and your chemical. Like, <laughs> do you want to tell us in a nutshell some of the differences? It's really a bit confusing because market mm. is huge these days and mm. there are so many producers of fertilizer, so many forms and even not in only granules or liquids, now it's even forms of spikes that you just stick in and it feeds your plants for two months. There's too many choices and yes, I it's agree. really hard to decide and understand the mm. difference. Mm. Well, I'll probably just touch the main differences between them. Let's start with um, granule and liquids. What's mm. the major difference? Um, they have their own advantages and own disadvantages as yeah. well. For example, I personally prefer to use slow-release fertilizers on the long run because they contain everything your plants need and they slowly release it to your plants gradually. So it's feeding it on the long run. So you don't need to apply it too often. You don't have to think of it too much. Mm. And it's con it controls the amount of... Um, elements that your plant's getting um it's quite easy to use uh, but if you're using liquid one it's a bit more time consuming and i would say it's even more expensive on the long run because you have to apply them about every two weeks or so and um, as, as a foliar as a foliar or if it's just you drench your soil yeah for example mm. and it's great because it's really fast acting. Yes. It, it, Im, your plant consume it immediately. Yes. It doesn't take a long time to consume it. And so it gets like a quick hit. Boost, yeah. Quick, uh, quick boost. But at the same time, it's same fast leaching away. So it doesn't stay in your soil for the long time. It just runs away quite mm -hmm. quickly. When you, when you use your slow release, actually it feeds your plant in the long run. So you have to apply liquid fertilizers every two weeks. And so you have to think and remember about that. 
Yeah. And but from the other hand, liquid ones are great because I would say they're great in correcting your mid-season deficiencies. Yes. When you're feeding only slow release, let's say, at some point you still might get some deficiencies in your mm. plants, and to correct them quickly, you can use liquid fertilizer, and it will sort it out right away. That's great in a nutshell. Okay, we are heading to the nine o'clock news. We'll pick this conversation up shortly. 13.4 degrees right now, heading for a maximum of 19. The day will be partly cloudy. Overnight, a minimum of 10. There will be a few showers tomorrow with a maximum of 19. And on Monday, the minimum is 12. There will be a shower or two on Monday with a maximum of 19. And John very kindly gave me our rainfall for August so far, 50.2 mil. So we are lagging a little bit, but of course we had a almost record month in July, but 50. 0.2 mils so far in August with the average being about 125 mils so I have a feeling we're not going to make that in the next few days however we're still tracking very nicely with our rainfall total at sitting at 648.8 mils for the year whereas the entire rainfall last year was 673.4 so we are on track to have a, a monster rainfall this year so some good's got to come of all of that yes Absolutely, Ray. Now, as as we mentioned earlier, we're we're heading across to Kings Park and Botanic Gardens. We're speaking to the senior plant breeder, Digby Grounds. Good morning, Digby. You're with Ray and Faye, and our special uh, guest, Nelly. <laughs> oh yes, good morning, everyone. <laughs> How are you today, Digby? Uh, always good. All my days are good. Uh, you know, working at Kings Park, I'm a very fortunate person. Yeah, great wow. office, great office environment, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, fantastic. And, and what a busy time it is up there right now, and I guess full of West Australians. Yeah, look, um, the the gardens are looking amazing right now. You know, things are just uh, coming along, and as you mentioned, with the rainfall, you know. Um, even the bushlands looking really yeah. healthy for the time in a long time. But yeah, look, our festival is about to kick off. Um, starts 1st of September through to the 30th, and some uh, really great things uh, for people to get up there and see. So, what's your role there, Digby? Uh, well, my role is I manage the uh, plant breeding and development programs. So, we've got a number of programs um, where we develop, uh, I guess, a better varieties of our native flora to make them a bit hardier for people to grow in their gardens. Um, mm. uh, Grevillea is the main focus uh, of that program. So we've got about um, 16 or so hybrid grevilleas available uh, for people to purchase through retail outlets now. It's been, uh, that's culminated in the program um, starting around 2007 through to now. So what sort of features are, are you looking to breed in a Grevillea? Well, we're, Kings Park is a, you know, an environmentally based uh, organisation, so a focus on the environmental impact of the varieties is very strong, uh, so strong environmental outcomes. So we want to provide a habitat and food source for urban fauna. Yeah. Um, we want plants that use less water and fertiliser so that it doesn't impact negatively on our groundwater. We want plants that don't exhibit as much uh, disease so that people aren't, uh, don't feel they have to use a lot of chemicals to control that. 
Um, so that's a major focus, but we also want them to look fantastic. So when people walk into a retail outlet to buy a plant, we want ours to be standout. So yeah. you know, flowering is is a, a feature of many of our grevilleas um, and, you know, large, ornamental, colourful flowers. Mm, and, of course, they're, they're loved by birds and bees, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. So um, so both uh, nectar-feeding birds um, uh, really love them, but also, you know, insect-feeding birds are also supported because of the, you know, bee visitation and other insects that, um, use the the plants as their place to live. Now, one when I was doing my research about you, I came across a little article about the the work you're doing with tea trees to pro- oh, yeah. to produce the flowers for bees to make something along the lines of manuka honey. Yes, that's right. We do, we do have a program to do that. So um, we're using. A variety of uh, different leptospermum species, tea tree is commonly known, which is also, which is different to melaleuca, which are also sometimes known as tea trees. Mm. Um, so people who know manuka honey know that it's a product that originally uh, came out of New Zealand. With yeah. the, um, but um, they have one species of leptospermum. Australia has about 80 or more. So we're hybridising a range of those species to produce. Um, nectar in those flowers that uh, allow the production of medicinal honey. So this is honey that you can apply on wounds that um, assist um, greatly with healing. Sorry, are you there, Digby? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Yeah. So with what with the grevilleas, if listeners want to head up to Kings Park during the festival. What are, what are what are some of your favourites, or is that a little bit difficult to ask you? Like they're all your they're all your babies. Well, they are all my babies, and yeah. uh, sometimes you know the babies need some tough love. So I guess the one that's um, are standing out at the moment, and and most of these grevilleas are planted around the Wajak car park, which is the major car park in Kings Park. Right. And if you head up there, um, the one that's been in the ground the longest is the RSL Spirit of Anzac. Uh, absolutely a showcase right now. It's also planted around the State War Memorial as well. But there are other um, hybrids flowering there. They're a bit smaller because they've been in the ground just probably for one or two years. But Tangerine Dream, uh, a a really big favourite of mine. Fantastic orange flowers, flowers all year. What's that one again? Uh, I'm just writing that down. (laughs) Yeah, Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream, ooh. Yeah, Mm. yeah. I love the name. It's got a. I do too. Um, I think it. I think it was named after a '70s band or a song or something by one of our commercial partners. But it, it certainly fits uh, the plant absolutely. Um, and there's a, a little plant that's not a 12-month flower, but is spectacular when it flowers, called Showtime, um, and that's just um, out in all its glory. And that one's coming through the supply chain, so that'll be available in. Um, retail outlets in in uh, three or four weeks. Okay. Uh, so can look out for that. So, Digby, um, what yep. sort of soil types do they like? And mm. if they're growing in coastal positions, I know we not long ago had a couple of emails about yellowing grevilleas. They were healthy enough, but they just were showing yeah. signs of yellow. 
Yeah, so look, um, they, I must say that um, they don't love coastal conditions, uh, but they love growing in large containers. So if you live in an area where you know, the soil pH is a little high and you get yellowing and grevilleas, try growing in them in large containers. No. The advantage to that is that you can pick the soil type, so give them a fantastic mm. media, and then, but you can move them around so that you know, if uh, you get a, a sunny spot one part of the year and not the other, you can move them around. Um, but apart from that, you know, they generally like uh, a neutral soil. Sandy soils are fine. Um, watering on the on the summer watering regime of a couple of days days a week is a, is quite beneficial. They'll survive without uh, watering once they're established, but it just gives them a a fresher, better look if you do apply a bit of water. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. What, what about fertilising then? Because as they're a native, I would assume they don't need a lot, but then we see more products being available for for native yeah. plants. What, when do you fertilise your natives and why would you? Well, again, a bit like the watering, the the fertiliser allows the plant to thrive a little better because it, it gives it what it needs. Some of our soils are quite deficient in certain uh, nutrients. Yeah. That said, that, again, they will grow and survive without them. Um, but you would, there are really good native plant fertilisers available now, as you said, the slow-release fertilisers. So on my garden, I give them a... a, um, a application when I plant and it's a six month, I use a six month slow release fertiliser and then every uh, six months you can uh, reapply or when the when the plant and people who who love gardening you know know their plants and when they're starting to look a little deficient you know you get yes, a change yes. in leaf colour or something like that then just apply a little bit um, half a handful or a handful around the base of each plant so, uh, and that that's more than enough. And I guess fertilisers are a question that people are often asking. So for people out there yeah. who, who want to know whether it's natives or your other plants, Nellie's already talked about fertilisers this morning and slow release. So yeah. it's probably a good time to go go out now, buy up and give your whole garden a feed because it will release slowly when the weather warms up. Yeah, that's correct. So, uh, and nutrients are only available to plants um, with moisture. So um, if you apply fertilisers dry, it doesn't matter what they are, the mm. high nitrogen fertilisers, which I wouldn't recommend, um, the nitrogen's lost, just lost to the atmosphere. So they need moisture for the plant's tax system So and warmth, as you say. So the warmer it is... Um, the, the better the plant uh, can access it. So if you keep those two principles in mind, and now is a really good time as we're heading into the warmer months with there's still a bit of moisture in the soil, um, yeah, the plants will appreciate uh, an application at the moment. And can you tell us a little bit about the festival in the next month, what's going on up at Kings Park for listeners? Yeah, look, um, well, you know, for for great detail, um, people can head to our our website. But uh, there's um, the conservation garden. That's a, a really amazing place. Um, so uh, just uh, not far from the the main car park, yeah. and that 
garden features a lot of rare plants. So people who are really interested in our flora um, and want to see some of the plants that they wouldn't necessarily get to see in the in the wild because they're so rare can mm. have a look at that garden. Um, really great display at the Botanic Garden entry. So that is the garden, we, we colloquially call it the mound. It's just outside of... Um, the aspects shop. At yeah, it's the very famous. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's spectacular. Yeah. Um, so that that has a really good range of plants. But you know, take a walk through um, the botanic garden. There's 17 hectares there that uh, you'll see everything. the The annual daisies are looking amazing right now. Um, so they're planted around the perimeter. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to travel up to Mount Gibson in the last few days and the, the annual days is the best I've ever seen. Yeah. But they're also uh, really good in Kings Park as well. And then if you want to walk through the bushland, you know, there's there's some orchids flowering. Um, there's some of our uh, famous red and green kangaroo paws out. So really um, uh, good value in just terms of walking around. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy some plants, our plant sale by the Friends of Kings Park is on, on the 11th or 12th of September. Well, that's a big a weekend, plants, yes. Yeah, a lot of the plants that you'll see, you know, flowering in Kings Park will be for sale uh, at that sale. So Fabulous. So again, head to the website and there's a, there'll be a list of uh, species available for people to buy if they're interested. So I understand you put the date in the diary the day before and you pack your pillow and sleeping bag and yeah. go up there and join the yeah. queue. Look, that is right, and uh, particularly, you know, with with COVID, and there's been a huge focus, as you would know, on gardening and um, and making your your house and surrounds look really good, and that certainly uh, influenced the number of people that uh, visit the plant sale. But also, there's also been a strong take-up of Australian plants and native plants, and I think it's, you know, some of that uh, environmental outlook you know, yeah. put something uh, local. Uh, but also now there's uh, there's plants that look really good as well as being native. and uh, We like that, yes. Yeah, mm. so people get, you know, rewarded yeah. um, you know, when they do buy local plants. And, of course, the guides up there, Digby, uh, oh. give some amazing free tours. Yeah. Look, you know, well, Kings Park is so fortunate of the support of the volunteer organisations we have and the guides are one of them and they're so knowledgeable and passionate. And so, you know, guided walks are available um, during the festival. So really take advantage and and you'll get um, uh, some great understanding about some of the things that you might not necessarily be aware of about Kings Park. Um, if you go and listen to them. So, yeah, take that opportunity, absolutely. Well, we can't wait to see it, Digby. And one of our listeners has phoned in, Gail of Mullaloo, thanking you and your team for breeding and cultivating grevilleas for the native conditions here and keep up the great work. So people are very appreciative. Oh, that's great. Yeah, good to know the work's been uh, appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the best, Squire, and uh, no doubt we will be around. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate it. And go well. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Digby. Yeah, very interesting man. I could speak to him for hours like we can most of our guests, couldn't we? We could just sit back and just listen to them and their knowledge, yeah. We're we're very fortunate. It's because of people like that that we have such a great show, Ray. 
<laughs> Wait, yeah. we're just the anchors. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I exactly right. I was holding myself from asking if there will be any special proteas for sale. <laughs> special proteas? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, well, you what you do is you go to the, to website, the website and, and they have a whole yeah. list yes, there and you... You tick off your shopping list? Yeah, because I'm chasing a few varieties, yeah. you know, some absolutely amazing ones out there. Mm. Australian native. Yeah, West Proteus, Australian. especially oh. Proteus. Oh, my God. Mm. They're spectacular. You have to be Shh, early. Don't, don't tell everyone else yeah. about it, Nelly, because okay. you'll <laughs> then have competition. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, quiet morning with the phones. We're sitting here ready for your gardening questions. 94841927. Back in a moment. Curtain Radio. 23 minutes after nine, Jim Crinan will be joining you at 10 a.m. with the classic 70s as well. Okay, let me see. Where do we go? Let's go to the emails, Ray. Yes. We've, we've had a couple come in during the week. Uh, this is from Christine, and she sent in a photo of a myrtle hedge that's growing in Dunsborough. It gets infested with scale which she sprays with white oil regularly. The mm. new foliage is coming out deformed and once the branches have had the scale, it never really recovers and looks scarred. Any tips on how she can get it recover, Get it to recover? Uh, she says two bushes are just about dead. She's ready to rip out the lot. Well, drastic problems take drastic measures. So I don't know about you, Nellie, but I would probably get in with a hedge trimmer exactly. and I would cut it in half. And I would give it a hard cut back on the front. Yeah, reinvigorate it. I would mm. also give it a spray. Uh, the white oil would be good, but an eco oil. Yeah, or eco neem, yeah. Any of the horticultural oils. Okay. And then that will open it up to airflow and sunlight. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say, that many people don't trim it correctly. They just chuck the top, cut the top, but they don't open up the center. You know, you just need to... Make sure that you open up the center of every single bush so you get more sunlight and airflow in. So that's that solves your problem. Yeah. Be- because the scale and all these type of pests and insects, they're breeding when they don't get enough of sun in a shady spot. And another thing, probably you need to feed it a bit better so you boost your plant resistance and you improve general health of your plants. So that will also sort your problem a little bit. So we were talking off air. We've we've talked about the controlled release fertilisers and the warm weather when there's still moisture around is a good time to do it. But in the winter or when the soil is cool, that's a good time to feed the soil. So that's what would exactly you use at that time? Right. Like I consider winter is just working on your soil condition. Yeah. It's improving your soil. It's a time to work on your soil. For, like, Don't think that much about your plants anymore because they go mostly dormant or half dormant. Mm-hmm. They don't need as much food as in the spring and summertime when they're actively growing, but that's a great time to work on your soil. So yeah. try to add as much organics as you can. Compost, manures, dynamic lifters, sea mangoes. There are so many great products in the market. Mm. So, And you never can actually overdo it, especially if you have sandy soil or even yeah. clay soil. You, you yeah. never can do it too much. You really, really need to spend years and years trying to turn your Getting sandy your soil. soil or your clay mm. soil, trying to make it more loamy mm. and more fertile. So I'm doing this years and years all winter, just bags and bags of compost and manure. Treating. And, yeah, trying to... 
improve it and work it out. And also people think that in wintertime they don't need to use wetting agent, but that's incorrect. Good time to use Yeah, that. you really need to use your wetting agent to make sure that all the moisture that we're getting from the sky actually getting to plants' roots, not only sitting on the surface and not running off. People think that they don't need to water it, lots of rain, but many mm. times, especially on the sandy soil, Water doesn't get anyway, it's just sitting on the surface. So don't forget to use your wetting agent even in the winter time. Yeah, very and good. And actually, point. you have to use it once in the season at least yeah. and apply it correctly if you're using granule one. Yeah. yeah. How do you correctly apply granule? Many people just sprinkle it and leave it for sprinklers. You've got to hose it but in. But you have to hose it in with the pressure because exactly. otherwise, it's not active. Yeah. You need to hose activate it in with it. the pressure, activate it until you <coughs> see it's bubbling up. It's becoming yeah. like a shampoo. Then yes. it's active. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. All right, now going back to our winner of our Bigger Tree $75 gift voucher, the winner is Ivan Walker from South Perth. So uh, congrats, Ivan, and do let us know what you use that voucher on. We love to have the feedback. We like to live through our listeners and uh, their shopping adventures. And the question was, which tree do we get cork from and which part of the tree do we use? And the answer was the cork oak tree. And, of course, the part we use is the bark. And uh, Portugal produces around 50% of cork worldwide. And its uh, proper name, or Latin name, if you like, is the Quercus super. I don't think they could keep up with the um, the rate of wine drinkers around the world because they've had to revert to plastic corks. Yeah. Because the, the cork oak is a very slow-growing tree. Mm. It's, yeah. it's beautiful, gnarly bark, and mm. it's quite... Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so, no, it's an, yeah, as you say, a beautiful tree. I have touched one somewhere. I know I have. Mm. Yeah. Love I've to felt know it. where they are around Perth, but I know I there do, are. Yeah, because it's mainly a European oh, uh, tree. Them. Yeah. I've seen them I've definitely Perth. felt them myself mm. as well. If you know of a cork oak somewhere, <laughs> ring in and let us know. We're going to go and poke it. Mm. All right, we're in Marangaroo. Leslie, good morning. Oh, good morning there, ladies. Um, but the gentleman that was just on, I'd said to Bev that, that yeah, definitely Tangerine Dream was a band in the uh, early to mid-70s and they had a cult following. I actually had one of their albums. I remember it <laughs> uh, among all the other things around that period of my life. Um, was that actually a name of, um, did he say that that is a type of grevillea? Yes, it's one of the grevilleas that he really likes. It's called Tangerine Dream. Oh, right, so uh, that would be available like yes. in the green stores. And I can say like that it's that. available right now. Okay, yep. oh, it is. Yeah, oh, it is. <laughs> oh, very lovely. Thank you. You're I just had one question, ladies, about Banksia. Um, I've got a Banksia next to a Grevillea. I planted the Grevillea next to the Banksia. They get on famously. <laughs> but I don't know whether or not I can cut off the cones, like it, it flowered profusely last year, heaps of cones, and I cut off only just a few cones um, because they, we've got a native mouse we know is in that corner somewhere. So I thought I leave some of the dead cones um, still on the banks here. Like it, I'm sorry I've forgotten the name. I don't That's okay. the names of plants very well, um, but it's a very big bush, You've... lovely bush. A now, native, a native mouse, Leslie. Yes, yes, yes. Oh wow! <laughs> does does it go up the tree or does it live down the bottom? 
Now, it lives in the corner. I've changed a corner of the property, or the common ground in a Holmes West place. Um, I removed, there was just dirt there for years, and I thought, I'm sick of it, and uh, made a native corner and planted various trees and ground cover. And he's living there. Native Rosemary, and he was found uh, about six weeks ago, and my neighbour brought him over to me, and he said, Leslie, he said, I've just found this creature underneath my um, clothesline. And I said, well, it's not a mouse, eh? What is it? And so he Googled it, and it's a native, because oh. they look different. Their ears are different, their, their shape of their face is different, and, they're t- and when we put it down, it hopped. Yep. and scurried under the native ground cover in the corner. Oh. So, you know, our neighbour who's got a dog keeps his dog out of there and, like, we've let the people who've got, like, but her cat always stays in her place, let them know that, look, we've got, we do have native wildlife now on the ground in this corner, you know, just to be aware of it. So, if you know, if any children come or... You know, do you understand where I'm coming well, from? Well, well, I do, Leslie, but I would love to know. Did you take any photos of it? Uh, did we take photos? Did we take photos? <laughs> oh, blimey. I don't think we took photos. Because <laughs> it's the first oh. thing I always do. Because oh, oh, yes, yes, I know, I be- know, I know. Because then <laughs> we could get an ID on it. And when we know exactly what it is, because there are native marsupials, there's mardos, antichinus, there's honey possums, there's all these things that would like to live in that sort of environment. So normally what happens with your banksias, the cones die off on the tree, eventually yeah. they fall. So it's all a very natural cycle. Oh, right. I chopped a few off. I chopped okay. a few off last week. I thought, because I heard somewhere that I should be pruning um, some of the natives now, and I thought, wonder if I should chop off some of those um, uh, dead cones, mm, you know, because they're I, lovely and shrubby. They're, they're the, uh, it's uh, not the best example, yeah. but the other side of a toilet brush. Yes, I know I know what you mean. And another yeah. thing that will happen is your, your birds will come in, probably your black cockies, and they will go through your tree and they will pick off a lot of those and drop to the ground. So a lot of these things happen naturally. I I wouldn't interfere with it leave terribly it, much. It. I would leave it. Okay. I mm. really would love to see a black cockatoo arrive here. I would love it. I would right. love it. Okay, see well, the rainbow lorikeets, but, yeah, that would be lovely. All right. Thanks very much. Oh, thanks Good on you, Leslie. Leslie. We'll just leave it. Thanks very okay. much. Bye. 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 Thank Bye. you. Bye. She's a bit of a character. Um, all right, let me see. Who's been waiting the longest? We're heading to North Perth. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Oh, fine, thank you. Uh, uh, and good morning. Good morning. I just would like to know if I've got a spinach growing in my garden and, and uh, I've got, there are some snails also and also there are holes in the leaves. So I don't know what is is it the snails or I've been whenever we I we drop off the snails, but uh, but uh, there are still holes in so many of the leaves. So I just want to know how do I get rid of whatever. Insect. Okay. Yes. So spinach, uh, insects that that like to eat spinach. Well, there's quite a few. There's yeah. slugs and snails. Caterpillars. There's caterpillars. Yeah. 
there's weevils, uh, there's grasshoppers and katydids, there's a whole plethora. So sometimes you can tell by the hole, sometimes mm. they'll leave a slime trail, sometimes they'll still be there curled up in the leaf. What yeah, I look, sometimes I don't see the okay. anything there. I just I just can see only the hole, so I don't know what is... Uh, okay. All right, if you haven't picked a lot of your spinach, one of the things that I do, because you once you pick it, it grows more. So pick away all the outer leaves and the ones with holes in them. That way you can check and monitor daily for new holes. And if okay. you do that, you're maintaining hygiene. When you work out what it is that's eating them, if it's caterpillars, you can apply Dipel, uh, which is a caterpillar killer. You can okay. put put around pellets okay. for the slugs and snails and slaters. Uh, you could use an eco oil or um, other deterrent sprayed on the leaves, like a seaweed extract, in, or it stops them from being so delicious for the insects. Nelly, yeah, or what else? maybe even garlic chili spray. So they won't t- taste as beautiful as mm. they used to anymore. They will, they will taste a bit bitter and yucky, mm. not as attractive. So there's a few ideas for you there, Fiona. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much for your help. Okay. Good luck. Take care. Thank you. Cheers Bye. for that. And, of course, if that doesn't solve the problem, get out there at night time. because yeah, with a torch. Some, sometimes these critters <laughs> yeah. come out and feed at That's night. The caterpillars will hide in the very daytime. Sneaky. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go to Dianella. Caroline, how are you? Oh, good, thank you. Hello, Caroline. Thank Hi. you. Thank Hi. you for sending through your great photos. It looks oh. to me, um, so Caroline rang in last week about a passion fruit vine dying back. The leaves are crinkled and the fruit has blotches. It certainly looks to me like a a, a fungus issue. I have forwarded photos to the ag department and I, oh, yeah. I suspect that in order to get to which rot or, or fungus it is or bacterial disease, they would want a specimen to identify. Being fungal, a, a fungicide can help. Uh, a oh. copper spray, anti-rot is one that will help help the plant overcome the, the problem. Uh, and mm-hmm. it will probably become better. It will put on new growth in springtime. But, yeah, certainly applying a fungicide to it will help until we get more information, Caroline. Okay. And I do notice that on um, the gardening show last night in the things for the weekend, it said cut your passion fruit back to within a metre of the trunk. That's what I wanted oh. to say as well. Just maybe Within a metre. Yeah, yeah, I know our – I mean, our – Passion fruit vines would be three to four meters long, so well, I would. I would. I would cut it back maybe by a, a meter, but not to a meter. Not to a meter, but just maybe. Yeah, that mm. might have been what they actually meant and said it wrong, but they did okay. say within a meter of the trunk, and I went, "What? I can't mm. cut that all off." Mm. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice the diosoma, which was looking a bit sad in that photo? That that dead-looking bush. No, I didn't, Caroline. Oh, Sorry. That was because a passion fruit was on it. I think it'll come back. Uh, it doesn't. I, I was just going to ask you: Do you think it'll come back again? Well, if you if you trim back your passion fruit and trim back yeah. your diosma, just take the tips off. I do think 
uh, Diosma have a use-by date. But last oh, weekend after the show, Jim Crinan showed us photos of his garden and his diosmas are about two metres tall and he lovingly cares for them and they look amazing. So just regular tip trimming. Oh, okay then. Right, okay, lovely. Okay, and uh, so we're waiting to hear back from the Ag Department as to which which fungus it is? Or should I well, with the I, I would still go with a, a fungicide. Okay, lovely. Mm. But right, I, will, I will hope to get more information too, Caroline. Lovely. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers for your call. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay. And let's go to Inaloo. Good morning, Glenis. You would like to shift a lemon tree. Yes. And if you're wondering why you're not getting any calls, it's because there's something wrong with the phone. I had extreme difficulty getting through to you. And the lady on the reception thing, she said, no, she's having a terrible morning. I, it's, I think it's a lot of people who haven't got enough patience to yeah, carry on. Yeah, we, we were warned about that before the show, actually, and we thought well, yeah, it, yeah, we thought it yeah. corrected. Okay. Yeah. Interesting, Glennis. Okay. The, the perils of live radio. Uh, yes, so how can we help? Well, uh, I've got a, a, about a two-metre Lisbon lemon tree that's not doing at all well in the position that it's in now because it's south and it's in the shade and it's not happy. So I would like to shift it to north, a north position. Um, and also, I want to get rid of the, the white frangia penny that, where, where I'm going to put it. So if there's anybody... Uh, listening, who would like a free medium-sized white frangipani? Ooh. I'd like they can have it. And the other thing is, I just wondered if anybody listening uh, could recommend uh, a gardener. I've had extreme difficulty trying to get anybody who even answers my calls to get a bit of gardening done. I know of someone, Glenna. So what we'll do is, um, if you like, put your call back to Bev, and yes. uh, I'll get someone to connect with you. I do know of a gentleman who does does a bit of casual gardening and has his client base and uh, I believe he's very, very good. God bless you. <laughs> well, the nice. other thing is that I do, because I live in a retirement village, they have to have a police clearance. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Not a problem. And all right, well, I'll put you on hold and uh, give your details to Bev and we'll connect you. And of course, if anyone would like that white frangipani, is it pure white? Oh, it's just the ordinary white, you know, and it's, I think, the most common one, the white one, yeah. yeah. I bet Nellie would say there's... Nobody here wants it. There'd be no... Nellie would say there's no such thing as, as an ordinary frangipani. <laughs> cream. To me, cream. it's a per- perfect specimen for multi-crafting. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Okay, thanks, thanks, Glennis. Bye-bye. Okay, cheers for that. Pop Glennis on hold. We're heading to a break. When we return, we're talking about cork trees, but Joanne called in and she advises that there is a cork oak in government gardens. Oh. Woo-hoo. Thank you for your company this morning. We're going straight out to the lines. We're in Medina. Bev, good morning. Good morning. Um, You are talking about cork trees a little while ago. And there's the old Hamill Nursery down near Waruna. Um, It used to supply plants, I believe, to Perth in the very early days. Yeah. And they have cork trees growing there. Oh, Oh, lovely. lovely. Yes. 
We've and found a few we, more locations. We had Jim and John poke their head in the door in the break. Government House Gardens have some. Uh, Allenby Tree Farm has one for sale. And <laughs> UWA oh, Grounds. So yeah, yeah there's we'll, quite a few. There's a stream through this. It was a very, very old nursery in the 1890s. Yeah. And they supplied plates to Guildford, I believe. And uh, it's abandoned. But it's uh, they, they, they've left it so that you can walk through it. There's pathways all the way through it. There's quite a few cork trees growing along, and very, very old cork. Oh, wonderful! Oh, thank you. Lovely to feel them, as yes, you say. Yes, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I missed the frangipani talk. I had talked to you earlier or a while ago about my miserable frangipanis that wouldn't flower, and um, I'm wondering, did she say anything about fertilising them? Well, what and what to do now, Nelly? Definitely. Yes. May I ask how old is your tree, please? Um, they're about, uh, I don't know, uh, they're probably about mm, six foot high. Mm-hmm. Does it get enough so of sun, you think? Pardon? Is it in the full sun position? It's, uh, it gets mo- it's mostly sunny, yes. It gets a bit of shade, but it's mostly sunny. I see. And have you ever fed it? Uh, no. That, that's yeah. probably part of the answer. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah. sort of given it like um, general fertiliser, but not specific fertiliser for French pennies. Uh, with French pennies, it's really important to use the right fertiliser at the right time of the year, because if yes. you do it too late or too early, it will make no difference, unfortunately. So just yes. watch your tree and see when you see first signs that it's waking up and you see first new growth coming out. So yes. do some wetting agent and then application of NPK. NPK is yep. the best. Okay. Yep. And you need so, to do it only once in a season because the season is quite short. Then they yes. go dormant in winter, so you do your NPK only once and never again. That will be enough for them for the season. Okay. But make sure now, you do it at the right um, I time. Did get, I did get a few flowers on it, but very late, very late. That also depends, you know, they do their own thing. You never can mm. actually tell them what to do and when to flower. They're a bit temperamental. But you I, just I, you just do what you can. You just have to do it at the right time. Just don't, yes. don't leave it so for When they start yeah. to shoot the leaves. Yeah, when you see only new growth coming out, so then that's the right time. And maybe before you apply your fertilizer, do your wetting agent first. So that will help your fertilizer to get to the roots. Good. Uh, because I've seen them totally neglected around our area, blooming every, you know, all over the bush. <laughs> yeah, that's frustrating, yeah, that's, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, sometimes yeah. it's really hard to say, yeah. you know, what's the reason. They Rhyme do what they reason. like, yeah. Mm. Mm, okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for your call, Bev. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Okay, I know you've got a few emails you'd like to crack through. Well, yeah, we've got a few emails about French pennies. First question is about the frangipani that's not doing really well but from what i can see they are only cuttings and they planted them few years old well my understanding is that these cuttings haven't developed any good root system yet and what i see that they've been given a lot of water which is wrong up to me because when you only have a cutting with no roots you shouldn't be giving them lots of water it will lead to the rot and what i see from the picture part of the plant is rotting the left side my understanding yes that there is no good root system yet and they're giving been given too much water especially now in the winter time they're under the rain and probably soil is not very well draining so that's the reason why it's rotting 
If it's me, I would just pull it out and I will s investigate what's happening underneath, if there is any roots. And I will chop that part off, the one that's rotting, and stick remaining one in the pot with well-draining potting mix and water it only once for now and never again until you see new growth. So my idea behind that, so when it's only a cutting with no roots, it cannot absorb any water yet. It has no roots to absorb all this moisture. So when you don't give it any water, it will put all energy on developing these roots to search for the water and nutrients. So just keep it a bit hungry and dry for mm. now. That's mm. my advice in this case. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And another one, person is asking, what's the problem with my tree? It's been healthy for three years and now something's happening to it. From what I see now, nothing wrong with it. It's absolutely healthy tree. What's happening, it's only aerial rooting it, because tree was wounded for some reason some time ago and aerial roots are starting, starting to come through through that wound. But it's nothing wrong with that at all. It's healthy tree and it's going to live and flower. So I wouldn't worry about that much. So a lot of people that have got frangipanis in their yard, if they look at the trunk, they may see, um, it's not gnarly, but it's not smooth. And it looks like there's little roots pushing out there. Yep. They're short and knobbly. Yep. They're not green and fresh. They're stubby. Yep. And so that would be a good place to take a cutting, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, you can cut it from there and plant it. So it will make you another French piney tree. But if you want to keep this one as it is, you can keep it. No problem at all. And up to me, that tree looks a bit tired, I would say. I would give it a good feed in a month or so. And it looks like it's been like too dry, you know, maybe not getting enough of moisture. Again, my favorite wetting agent. I will do a wetting agent and some food in the springtime yeah. when soil is really warm because it looks like it's a bit starving. And yeah. But in general, nothing wrong with it. It's healthy, going to grow. Mm. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank uh, you, Nelly. You're welcome. a wealth of information. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right, and we'll be back in just a moment. Curtain Radio. Okay, you're with Ray and Faye and our special guest this morning, Nellie Tarchuk. And we certainly put you to work and uh, we appreciate you, uh, your wisdom and knowledge for all of us. We're heading out to Mundaring. Hi, Margaret. We haven't heard from you for a while. Oh, that was quick. Yes. Just ringing up Bev to tell her that I had terrible time getting to your number yesterday to talk to the Telstra man. Oh. Um, anyway, I just want to... One question about grapevine cuttings. I've pruned my muscatel grapevine, which is very old and getting yes. termite attack. And um, I know, remember years ago, my mum telling me that um, she was told to put the cutting, two nodes, to cut it long enough to have two nodes in the ground, two nodes above the ground, plus a spare and you put the cuttings upside down in the soil in a pot for a month and then you take them out and put them round the right way. And I just wondered, <laughs> interested to hear Faye's um, advice about this. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, my, my eyebrows must have raised. I've never heard that before, Margaret. Right. I wonder if it's something to do with the sap. With the what? Sap. 
Oh, the um, sap, yes, yes, yes. I think it might be to do with the sap, to uh, encourage the sap up to the top of the cutting so that when you put them around the right way, um, they will, won't take too long to shoot, hopefully. Right. Well, well, Margaret, maybe you could do a trial. Maybe you could do some upside down for a month and the others straight in. Uh, oh, that's a, a good idea. Pot. I'll put. Mm. I'll change half of them round. <laughs> and th- and then you can come back and tell us what happened. It's it's really yeah. I'm really curious because we prune grapevines when they've lost all their leaves because that indicates uh, that the the slap the sap has gone back down to the root. So right. when we get the shoots, it's because the sap flow is rising. Yes. Oh, yes. Nellie, have you come across a story like this before? Never heard of it. Oh, just you, <laughs> Margaret. I've got a funny feeling it might have come from an Italian. Mm, possibly. And they're growing their grapevines in Italy. Well, and they're pretty they practical gardeners. Yeah. That's for yeah. dead set sure. Mm, uh, yeah. Very interesting. All right, we'll see what, what else we can find, Margaret. Okay. Thank you and lovely to hear from you. Thank you. Okay. Cheers for now. Bye. Bye. Okay, and I know you've got an email or a comment there. Yes, from Jenny. She sent in a beautiful photo of a yellow Phalaenopsis orchid growing in a white pot. And this is often how people buy buy their plants yeah. and give them away. Now, there will be a clear uh, pot inside of this. You would probably water it, I'm guessing, maybe weekly. You could have it inside the house or on the patio, not in in full sun they have wide green leaves and if you put it out in the full sun it it would burn uh water maybe once a week but take the pot out of the outer pot to ensure that it is not sitting in water so what you you're actually doing is you're soaking the bark so the plant doesn't dry out but it also doesn't rot and uh, just look after it until the blooms finish and then you cut back, not right to the base, but partway up to a node. Now, we will probably talk more about these at another time, Jenny, because February is the time that you put them out from inside to outside so that they get the cold and that encourages their, their spiking. But you'll also feed them at another time of the year. But don't worry about that for now. Just enjoy it for now. Nelly, would you add anything to that? You touched the most important part, how you need to water them, because that's the most common mistake. It, they hate, hate wet feet, you know, so you just need to take this clear plastic pot out, open your tap, let all the water dra- drain through and put it back into the ceramic container. And what I also found that they love humidity, so they're thriving the best in the bathroom, if you have any spot there. Or another perfect spot that I found from my experience, they love to grow outside in the pool area. Mm. So I, oh, I, I'm water. growing, yeah, I'm growing them on the trunks of my palm oh. trees. Mm. I just do little pockets of moth and I attach them to my palm trees and they're loving it there. And it's beautiful display in winter when your garden is bare. You have so some, yep. You've been renovating your pool area, yep. I noticed on yep. Facebook. Yep, and adding more orchids on there as well <laughs> because mm. I'm missing some colors in winter. Frangipanis are bare, but I have some hibiscus and palm palm trees as well. Mm. So I'm decorating my palm trees with different sort of orchids, and I realized that Phalaenopsis and 
Symbiums are doing really well in pots under them, and also cattleyas are thriving on yes. the palm trees mm. and dendrobiums. And dendrobiums, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm having quite a nice display now so outside in the pool area. Well, the, they're, of course, all epiphytes, yeah. and, and, of course, so are Repsalis. They don't flower, but... They're beautiful and green, and they have lovely formations, so perfect yeah. also. Yeah. I went to the orchid show last weekend. That's what, Instead of being here, I was there, <laughs> and the one in Ludeville, and it was great. Oh, yeah. I wanted to go, but I couldn't make it. It's but I've been to specky. another one in, in Dutch. One coming up in October. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's dangerous because last time very I, dangerous. There, I bought like 20 new orchids. So. <gasps> it's very dangerous. Yeah. 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 I don't have more room. You girls are addicted. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, I know. It's really hard. But there's, you know, if you're going to be addicted, being addicted to plants is not yeah, too not bad. It's not the worst addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well. All right. So now, do we need to wrap up? What's happening next week, Faya Karakan? Next week. I'm quite I... envious of your garden guide there. I know. <laughs> it arrived in the mail this week, folks. Uh, Angie Thomas has been busily putting the new release Yates Garden Guide together, mm-hmm. and it. It's out now, and I noticed a couple of new sections. Oh, uh, do share. Well, there's pet-friendly gardens, low-allergen oh. gardens, not that. Uh, oh, well, no, that's, that's there's good no deep gardening, but oh, I can't even see the title of it now. But beneficial bugs, I'm sure that was in here. So I was pretty excited about that. Pollinators and and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and I have got garden guides going back more than 50 years i just i love them so i'm not sharing this one i'm just letting everyone know now <laughs> this is mine and uh i'll keep it beside my bed in fact i should just refer to it here when someone rings up and asks me something i don't know good idea that's what matthew used to do <laughs> he had he had like an, uh, a library he used to lug in every week with him really yeah, absolutely Gosh, yeah there's no time for that but yeah. you know i get challenged every week by, by questions and I actually now spend more time researching and mm. and I try and remember. So and you know, you can see by the variety of stuff I bring in every week. I'm growing a lot of what I talk about. So I've got the fruit trees, I've got the natural bush, uh, the flowering plants, the bugs, the fertilizers. I You're try walking I try the talk. everything. <laughs> and I like to speak Great, from you, know, you keep learning every single day. I know it's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. It's never boring. It isn't. Yeah. Thank you so much for your company this morning, Nellie. We really do appreciate it. And you've got a great Facebook page. If people want to join the Facebook page, how do they do that? And I've got group as well. A group? Yeah, yeah, a group as well. West Coast Frangipanis for the same name. West Coast Frangipanis is all we um, need to know. Yeah, always welcome to ask your questions, to post your photos and just to show off your flowers. Show off, yeah, Yeah. of which it's a very colourful Facebook page. Absolutely. Okay, look, I think we've had a great morning. Lots of information out there. Appreciate everyone's company. My gardenism for the morning is think outside. No box required. (laughs) Okay, Jim Crinan is next with the classic 70s. Look after yourself. We'll be back next Saturday. Take care and happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.